got a bit of an announcement here to kick off uh, this episode. People have been saying for a while now, got to get better audio equipment. I hear you. I hear you. It's going to cost a little bit of money to do that, especially um, the type of equipment that we want to get. We want to get some good equipment, top of line equipment, so we have to keep buying new stuff and selling the old stuff, trading in, trading out. Also, want to get this bad boy back onto YouTube, but want to do it the right way. You know, I don't, again, I don't want to waste money. Um, so, we're trying to land a sponsor, got ourselves one, and it had to be good because when people think King of the Lifts, they think high end. You know, if you get featured on King of the Lifts, it's because you're, you're a quality lifter, elite level lifter. You're not just at a local level. You get on the podcast, same thing, and those are the only competitions we cover. So, we wanted high-end company as well. Couldn't just take whoever raised their hand. We'd be very careful about this. I take this seriously. So, Fusion Muscle Supplement Company is now officially a sponsor of King of the Lifts. And because of that, we're going to start seeing some improvements around here. You know, in terms of quality, in terms of even on all social media platforms, we got a little bit of money to work with. And about Fusion Muscle, go to FusionMuscle.com. I mean, they got whatever the hell you want. You want pre-workout, you want multivitamins, you want creatine, whatever. They have it. And I personally have used it. I know my man, who's also a co-host here and been on the show several times, Kafwi, has used it. And he actually was using, he was a sponsored athlete of Fusion Muscle leading up to the IPF World Championships uh, where he broke that deadlift record. And um, if you heard the last episode, uh, it's quite the story. But anyways, so very happy about uh, the new sponsor, Fusion Muscle. Check them out at FusionMuscle.com. Please do, because, um, yeah, they're helping us pay the bills. And they're helping us expand in terms of the quality of audio we're going to bring. I'm already looking at different audio technicians to come on and start setting it up. And I see the prices, and woo-wee, I'm glad I get to float that bill to our boys at Fusion Muscle. <laughs> I tell you that right now. I'm glad that is not coming out of six-pack Lapidat's end. I tell you that. Man, audio equipment is not cheap. And these guys do not work for free. Believe me, I asked them. They said, no dice. Hey, man, it's a great experience. Hey, man, go fuck yourself. That's what they told me. But anyways... So, uh, yeah, we're going to up our, our audio quality, and uh, you're going to see a lot more going around. So go check out FusionMuscle.com and check out the supplements. And with no further ado, let's get on with the show. <laughs> Six-pack, love it at. Robbie Little. And my man, Robbie Little. How you been, kind sir? Good, thanks. I'm back again. Back in the saddle, sir. Okay, you got the third stringer again. <laughs> we, we are down to the third string, man. <laughs> yeah. We're getting a little, we're getting a little low here. I guess maybe uh, the weekend guy. You're the weekend guy, <laughs> man. You keep your weekends open, yeah. okay? I don't want you to get uh, a social life on me now. That's true. Have you been? What have you? What have you been up to on your social uh, life, sir? Not too much. Working lots. Uh, doing lots of jujitsu. Jiu to yeah, the jitsu. That's pretty much it right now. That's my life. Yeah. <laughs> and you were saying um, you and your lady friend were at uh, like a horse. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, so we went to a dressage place. We went to this horse show and we watched some dressage where there were some national level competitors. And, and she does that? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, she does uh, what's called uh, Western. And uh, there was also English. This was the English style. And uh, people, they get dressed up and they pretty much make the horses dance in. Yeah. Is that Just, what the English style is? Yeah. Well, that yeah. sounds like an English thing to do. Oh, yeah. No offense. Well, they get dressed up in like fancy hats and like oh, bow ties. And, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, people from England are like, fuck you. <laughs> okay, what is this? You call it English, you get all uppity and get all dressed up and dance around on your horse and be like, let's, let's call it the English style. They're like, what the shit is that all about? You guys are assholes. What do we dress up like a bunch of hockey players and call it the the Canadian style yeah. and fucking get drunk and pick fights? Yeah, right? and like, like, plaid shirts. Plaid shirts and, <laughs> and be toothless and say, we call this the Canadian style. How do you like that, assholes? Okay, is that tit for tat fair? The English style. What's the Western style? You fucking just come out there like gunslingers and shoot it out? Just like the dress wear. Just like our good old American friends do it? You wear like jeans and stuff and you don't really need like the full like... You let your hair down? Yeah. I guess you dress up a little bit, but... Yeah, what would happen if I brought a gun? <laughs> I said, this is the Western style. <laughs> this is how the... Hey, bud. Hey, bud. This is how the West was won. Get a lasso on the back of the horse. I bring a fucking lasso and a gun. <laughs> and I'm like, who, who's, who are we going against? And they're like, you didn't read the rules. And I go... Now, you didn't read the rules. Yeah. I know how the West was won, my friend. Chewing tobacco and everything. That's right. I spit it on the guy's boot. And he's like, what's that all about? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? We can handle it however you want to handle it. You got to study up on your old you Western movies. You got to study up, man, because I've seen Young Guns. Okay, I've seen Tombstone. And I know what's cracking. Okay, yeah, we'll get it popping in this moment. We get it popping real quick. Watch yourself. Um, let me tell you a quick horse riding story. When I was a kid, I was in a horseback riding, thought it was cool because exactly like the Young Guns movies. If you haven't seen Young Guns, man, watch Young Guns. People tell me, look, Young Guns came out in the 80s. I think it was the 80s, maybe early 90s. Some people are like, I can't watch movies from like the 80s, 70s. I can't do it. If it's before year 2005. I've had people tell me that from like, like uh, you know what I mean? Like younger people, whatever. I'm like, are you, you know what you're missing? Rocky! Came out in 76. Dude, some of the best movies of all time. If it's just because of the the quality of the film, get over it and take a look at the plots, man. Like the 70s, like yes, before all of our, not not before all of our times, before mine, your times. Still, man, some of the best movies came out before you're around. You got to deal with it. Some of the plots and everything, man, it's... uh, Some of the greatest directors and greatest story The 70s was the anti-hero. The 80s was the heroes. 70s was the anti-heroes where they're like, like Dirty Harry and Rocky and whatever. Like Rocky, spoiler alert, it came out in 76, but he doesn't win. He has the big fight. They build it up to the big fight in the end and he loses. But that's not what the purpose was. It wasn't a, it didn't, it wasn't the time and age where heroes always had to win. That's what the dirty 70s were. You know what I mean? That's why some of the best movies came before we were born. Yeah, you never knew it was going to happen. Like, it didn't follow the same pathway. Like, no, it's like yeah. for real character. Rocky's my favorite movie. It won an Like, if you watch like some of the other Rockies, and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's not, those aren't that great. Now, this Rocky won an Oscar in terms for the screenplay. That's how good the plot was. Um, yeah, and apparently, just a little tidbit Rock, uh, Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, this made his career, was shopping around Rocky, dead broke. And he was getting offered, and he was dead broke. He sold his dog because he couldn't afford to feed the dog. Um, and after he became, got his money back, he bought the dog back. But uh, 
he was shopping around the movie Rocky and he knew it was an underdog story and he identified with this underdog in Rocky. And, um, and if you watch it, man, it's a beautiful movie. If you haven't seen it forever, watch it again. But he was shopping around. All the movie houses were like, in a time when he was broke, at a time when he had nothing, in the 70s, were like, I'll give you 10,000. 10,000 US in the 70s when, uh, when like, a, like a, a loaf of bread was 10 cents and, and, and massive. And he was broke. And he's like, no. Um, they, they were like 20,000, 30,000, went up to like 50,000, 100,000. He's like, no, I get to have, I play Rocky. I am Rocky. I'm a part of this. You're not buying the script and taking it and I'm no longer a part of it and you run off with it. If you take this, yes, buy the script and I am Rocky. And they're like, homeboy, you're 5'7", 160 pounds soaking wet. And this is a heavyweight. You base this on heavyweight. And he's like, I give a fuck. Do proper uh, casting and make me look big. He really bulked up too, didn't he? He bulked up, but they also casted around him. People who were smaller, so relatively speaking, he looks bigger. It's like what I do with my co-host. You know that. Tali, showbiz, baby. You know, I asked you before you came in here, how much you weigh, how tall are you, how big's your piece? Because it's not bigger than mine. Or else oh, yeah. you don't fucking walk in the door. You know that. Now I know you lied because I see you now. And well, all right. All right. But th- that happens once. Now I got, I, got, I got the measure of you. That ain't going to happen again. I see you coming. Okay. It's a good thing it's not a video show. Well, well we're starting about bringing you two okay. back on. So you, you're going to go from third string to fourth string if you keep this up. Lay off the weights. Crouch down. And be a little more modest with how tight your jeans are. And then you might get on the video. But anyways, let's get back to the story here. So... Um, yeah, man. So he 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 said no. I'm Rocky, and and he held out at a time when he needed that goddamn money, and eventually found a place that were like, all right, fine, um, we'll pay you the money. You're Rocky, and then boom goes the dynamite. He absolutely murdered the role. He had no in terms of his acting background, showed absolutely nothing that would have said he could do this role. But the movie, the the script, the screenplay. I mean, it won an Oscar. That's how good it was. Oh, yeah. But it was so good, and they knew it. We're like, we can't say no to this. Even if the guy can't act that well, it's still going to be pretty good. We'll just surround him with good actors. Let's hope. Let's hope it works out. He murdered. He was born for that role. Look, over 40 years later, they're still making Rocky movies. He's still playing Rocky. And um, everyone knows him. Everyone. Well, it made his career, right? He he is what it it is what it is now. But um, I got a confession, though. I've never actually seen any of the Rocky movies. Okay. (laughs) Get the fuck out. (laughs) Hey, listen. How long... We're friends, right? We're friends. You help me out when I need you. You know, I I called you. You were there. Get the fuck out right now. I kept it a secret until now. Okay. I say something. You have a girlfriend? Yeah. She knows you're gay. Is that what it is? You're coming out right? Do your parents know you're gay? What's going on? We got to make sure not to air this one. Let's blank that out. Okay, listen, man. All right. And I got nothing to... Hey. Is this live? You gay, that's fine. We'll be friends. (laughs) That's an insult to gay people if if you fucking don't watch Rocky. Yes, name it. What's going on? <laughs> All right. You, you just said that for funny. You're being funny now, obviously. Oh, I played the Rocky game on PS2. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, Mickey's rolling in his grave right now. They had a game um, where you could actually unlock the statue or something. Like, there must have been a statue in the movie, which there was a... Robbie, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> stop. Stop. You're dr- you know when people are drowning? And they say, don't get too close to them. They're going to pull you in with them. Okay? So you're doing that just, right now. Just leave it at that. Robbie, you know, you just, just, 
You know when you've had a lot to drink at the bar and you're like, I can leave right now, I'm good. Or I can stay for another round. You just asked for, you just ordered another round. Okay? Okay, let's, let's, all right, I'm going to get you an Uber and get you the fuck out of here. Let's get back onto the story. And I just want to apologize for anybody listening. Robbie hasn't been himself lately. Um, I think he's feverish and he's he's delirious right now. Of course he's. It must be the weather. We didn't turn the fans There's off. a lot of variables. There's a lot of factors right now. There's a lot yeah. of stressors in his life. But, uh, but uh, whew. anyways, uh, let's salvage this. So um, I was trying to bring this back to a story of how I was horseback riding when I was a kid. And I don't know where the fuck. You got me all types of flustered right now. When I was a kid, um, I was into... Yeah, no, okay. So now I know Western where I was at. Movies, yeah. I was watching Western movies. Thank you, yeah. Robbie. Thank yeah. you, man. Yeah. You bailed and you credit back up. <laughs> back together. That's, where, that's why you're here. Okay. <laughs> He's a good guy after all. So I was into the Western movies. Went to go to the horseback riding. But I was a kid, man. So when they told me, listen, uh, Saturday, you got to wake up early. Get down to the horse shaft or whatever. What do they call it? For what? When they keep the horses. <clears throat> oh, stable. stables. Yeah. There we go. Stables. Get down to the there. stable. And you got to get there early because you got to get your pick of the horses. But make sure you get there because there's like 70 kids at this camp. Okay. It was like they, they packed us in this freaking camp like it's a concentration camp. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? They barely had enough food for us. Milking our parents for money. Drop us off. I'll see you in a week. My parents are like, we don't even need to see the brochure. If we don't have them for a week, that's fine. Thank yeah. you. Just keep them entertained for they a week. They feed you the hay too. They, I, they yeah, I fed, I fed the hay, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> they worked us, man. It was, we worked in the fucking, the horse, some farmer who had us working. But get there early. 70 kids, 70 horses. Not a horse more. And some of the horses are young and very cooperative. And some of them are old and crouchy and they don't got money. So they're not getting rid of them. And it is what it is. But if you know me, I'm like, hey, I'll get there when I get there. You know, 10-year-old six-pack was... Wasn't the most, all right, ambitious motherfucker in the world. You know, my parents didn't have me up at seven o'clock mowing the lawn. I blame it on them, right? I got that work ethic from them. So I got up when I got up and moseyed on down to the stable. And they're like, son, you were literally the last kid here. And I was like, yeah, but there's 70 horses and there's 70 of us. Like, yeah, you don't have a choice. Do you know who you got? Who the fuck do I got? Who, what's his name? What's the horse's name? His name's Buster. Oh, he's, nice. uh, Robbie, you're going to think I'm lying. He's yeah. 175 years old. Oh, yeah. If like, he's a day. Definitely sounds like an old horse. <laughs> it definitely sounds like an old horse. Old he's 175 Buster. years old. And Buster doesn't move for shit. Yeah. He doesn't care. They're like, good luck. At the end of the week, when all the parents come, you're supposed to put on a little show. Uh, you make them trot. You make them run. You make them do all the stupid stuff, right? Okay. And um, good luck, because he's not going to listen to you. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants to oh, do. Yeah. And I'm like, he's, he's a horse, man, whatever. He already knows his routine and stuff. And he knows like, okay, I just do this. I and walk he, around a little. His routine was like my routine. Uh, Buster, we're going to want you to start at this time. Well, he'll get up when he gets up and he'll be there when he bees there. Do you understand? So we were a match made in heaven. All week, I swear to God, I couldn't get this guy to do a damn thing. And now I'm starting, initially I didn't super worry. And then halfway through the week, you're like, well, I'm really losing my money, my parents' money, because I'm not doing anything but sitting on a horse where other people are running, galloping and all these, this thing. I haven't learned anything. Buster doesn't go when I tell him to go. He doesn't turn left, turn right when I tell him. He just walks when he wants to walk and eats when he wants to eat and, and whatever. And the last day come, 
And my parents come, my older brother comes, who loves to bully me and can't wait to make fun of me. And he's in the crowd. And I'm like, God, this is going to be, this is it. This is it, man. Everybody's in a lineup. And, and, and this is the worst part. One horse at a time goes. So the guy at the front goes and he gallops and he walks and then he turns left and he turns right and all the little things. It sounds little, but when you're 10 years old, just started learning a week ago, it's big. And everyone's clapping. And then the next guy goes. And then the next guy goes. And all the parents are videoing and clapping and cheering. And it gets down to me. And I, I shit you not. I shit you not, Robbie. Ten-year-old six-pack lap at leaned forward and whispered into Buster's ear and had the fucking heart-to-heart speech. You know I'm a motivational speaker now. I had that speech with this guy. And I was like, Buster, please, man. I don't know how you were raised where you came up. But you see that fucking prick out there? And I pointed to my older brother. <laughs> this dude beats me up. This dude picked, he's, he's waiting for this man. Right. I go, oh, yeah. Buster, they're not just shit talking me. Do you know what they said about you all week? It's me and you, buddy. Yeah, show them how it's done. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. Let, God damn it, Buster. I'm 10 years old, I'm saying, fuck <laughs> it. Let's do this, Buster. Please, man. Heart to heart time. I'm damn near yeah. in tears. And something happened. You know animals feel sometimes yeah. like a connection or they yeah. don't? I know. I kid you not. He did do nothing for me all week. They're like, Ryan Lapidat. <laughs> and then, boom, Buster took off down that fucking sideway through like uh, it's the sideways right in front of the crowd and i was like whoa i felt i fell back because he took off so quickly from walk to trot to gallop and we weren't even supposed to gallop and they gave me a stupid little cowboy hat i fell back grabbed almost lost my hat because it rolled off my head and grabbed it and my arm extended and people thought I did that shit on purpose, like John Wayne when he took off. Dude, I almost fell off the damn horse because I'd never been on a horse that trotted, let alone galloped, because the guy never walked for me. Everybody started, whoa, started clapping. My parents were like, my mother was crying, man. We killed it. We killed it. And I galloped around. I don't know. I was supposed to make him turn left. So he did whatever the shit he wanted to do. He was turning left and right and doing his show. People are clapping. He was digging it for whatever reason. Got to the other side. And all the like camp counselors and shit were like, what the hell did that come from? And I'm, I'm like, my man, I, I was just along for the ride. Well, that's the thing. Uh, my, sorry, my girlfriend, she actually says that you build up a connection. Like you spent all that time with the horse. So then it comes on the big stage, and then, yeah, he definitely dude, knows. Dude, it was... senses you. It's, it's weird. I bet you... All right, I'm going to get... Nobody gave a shit about Buster. <laughs> Everybody, the way they talked about him when I showed up. And all week, I was just sitting on him. Like, you know, you're a kid. So you're leaning forward, laying on him, because you're bored as shit. Everyone else is walking, and we ain't doing nothing. And I'm just like, you know, you're hugging him, you're hanging out, put your head on him. Probably passed out and took a nap on his ass. <laughs> and all week, every day, all day, it was just me and Buster. And everybody wasn't getting Buster, because Buster's old as shit. Probably going to be turned into glue three days after, and that was his last hurrah. <laughs> hey, 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 Robbie, let's be honest. Robbie, Robbie, let's be honest. Come on, man, you're not a vegetarian. Don't get squeamish on me. All right, you don't even watch Rocky. <laughs> You're barely a man, but 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 being Buster had a moment, and Buster probably like, hey, listen, this kid gave me more attention this week than I've ever got. You know what I mean? And I just whatever it is, what well, it is. Is that uh, Buster? You must have been a veteran. He knew like I'm gonna save my energy. 
Yeah, that's right. Like last you see what show. I'm saying? Like you see, I like how you, I, I like how you snowballing into the, into the story of Buster. <laughs> Can I say something? I think I know Buster. He's yeah. a vet. He's a vet, man. He's like, why don't I just wait until the twelfth round? And I'm gonna knock this guy out. I'm gonna save up. My energy. Yeah. Let this kid, let all these young guys expend. Because yeah. nobody gives a shit what you're doing in training. Mm-hmm. Guess what? When the show time comes, oh, yeah. I'm going to put on a show. And I'm going to make this kid, who you all made fun of, look like a star. Yeah. He's probably done like a thousand shows before. And he's like, okay. He knows what's up, gonna man. going to throw this out at all you. He knows what's <laughs> up. Exactly. But um, yeah, man, that was, that was, I'll never forget if I live to be 100. But, um, but anyways, so let's get back. But today we got... Um, and I'm probably butchering his name. I'm going to get the proper pronunciation when I have him on. Emil Norland, 105, IPF Junior World Champion. The man won the world championships in his host nation. He's Swedish, and the, Sweden, the Swedes were so supportive of everybody. You know, um, in terms of like in powerlifting, it was crazy, the type of reception they had. The media was involved. Um, the, the, the marketing they had in terms of billboards, posters, it was insane. And then when the Swedes hit the platform, they like it was like a fucking fo- they had chance, full on chance going like like a like a soccer game, a football game, wherever you at. Um, just a phenomenal yeah. show. That's a really cool thing about sports in Europe is you go. Well, I went to go see rugby, and you, like you said, they have their chance, and everyone knows a chance, and everyone's yeah. just having a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's a it, it was. In term, like I've, I've done a few of these, and in terms of the support and the atmosphere, and, yeah. and when you're when you whenever you're a competitor, man, in any kind of sport, you feel it. Yeah. You know it's a big deal. You feel you, that energy. Yeah, you feel the energy. It's gonna make you. The worst thing in the world is show up to a competition and not super care, not be nervous, and not really care. You're not gonna perform. You're not very yeah. sharp. Yeah. Whatever sport it is, if it's a reflex sport, how sharp are you when you're not at, on edge? When you're yeah. on edge, yeah. you're so fucking hyper focused and sharp. Your reflex is everything. You have to have a little bit of fear. You have to have a good respect for it. Yeah. You know, and that's where the crowd chanting when you come out is going to give it to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, you got to rev the engine just a little bit, not too much, not too little. Roy Jones yeah. Jr., who's a boxer, who's super, super dominant, said, I'm starting to lose that. I'm winning so dominantly. I'm starting to lose that fear. I'm starting to lose that edge. Yeah. And um, the worst thing in the world is going in there feeling like a sparring match where you're not up. Yeah. And the other guy's... So on point, where you 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 flex a little, like you move your shoulder, and I'm reading in, I'm whoa, I'm moving, and I'm so in tune because I'm nervous and I'm I'm on that. Whereas if you're loose, you're a little loose. Everybody knows, like your your reflex is everything. You got to be on point and take it seriously. You know, you're you're analyzing things better the whole night. And and adrenaline, when it comes to strength, adrenaline is going to make you so much stronger. If you have no fear, you have no adrenaline, no excitement, because it's not big to you. Good luck, man, summoning that. That's why if you're winning competitions, you got to go test yourself out on those big stages like yeah. the world championships. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing because miracles can happen. People can be like loaded up. I think today it's going to happen, and today it does. Because it's, it's just, you know, the, and you, you go home, and you're like, I, would, I was never capable of that before. But you were that day because all these intangibles we're talking about. You know, you never know what you're capable of until press, and you don't, you're never going to be pressed until you really yeah. feel it. Oh, yeah. Where you're in a moment, and you're like, oh my God, I'm in a moment right now, and it is go. I feel it, and you know, then unloose, then unleash on a bar. Yeah. It's going to be a whole nother night. Oh, yeah. But uh, so I can only imagine what this man was feeling. Um, we'll ask him, we'll give him a ring right now, and uh, with no further ado, my man Emil Norland from Sweden, let's give him a ring. Okay. 
So we got the man right now. Is it hot over there, man? You got your shirt off. I feel like yeah, it's really really I, hot here in I, Sweden I, today. I feel like we're about to get a show. I just do do you do I give you my credit card information or? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's really hot here. So uh, uh, I was just wondering if I was going down in the basement and sit there. No shit. But, do you you don't got air conditioning yeah. or fans or anything? What? Do you got air conditioning over there? No, it's uh, just a little bit colder down in the in the basement. Ah, uh, got you, got you. Um, so, how's the proper pronunciation of your name? Uh, Emil Norling. Emil Norling. Yeah, yeah, that's Not good. Not bad. Not bad. See, usually oh. as the IPF commentator, I try to get it proper when I'm doing the live stream. Some of them are tough. I'm not too bad with the Swedish. My sister is married to a guy in Sweden, lives in Sweden. And um, that was my first time in Sweden, but they have like a daughter who's Swedish and the whole nine. Yeah, so okay. I'm getting better with it. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. it sounds uh, pretty good. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> when it, uh, it was my first time in Sweden, and like we have some things in common because I'm from Canada. So yeah. we have some things in common like hockey. And you were saying yeah, exactly. you played hockey. Exactly. And um, I remember my sister's husband was over in Canada. And this was... Um, what year was it when we played in the Olympics? Uh, in the finals. been a long time ago. No, not that long ago. <laughs> it was like four... What's the, what's the Olympics where Sweden and Canada played in the finals for hockey? Do you remember? Uh, good question. I don't uh, remember either. Oh, you guys. You guys. It was, it was like... <laughs> 20, I think it was 2012 or something. We something won. Right it was, it was, um, he was over and uh, from Sweden, and all of his yeah. Swedish friends are like, You guys are watching the game? And it, like, it was me, my brother, and our family. And he's, it was Canada <laughs> versus Sweden in the finals. And he's like, Ah, shit. And we were like putting Canadian flags on him and stuff, taking pictures. Yeah. And he's like, Son <laughs> of a bitch. Um, anyways, long story short, Canada won, but yeah. uh. But yeah, so we have some things in common, Canada and Sweden, like hockey, but it was the first time in Sweden, and for me, as a Canadian North American, we're not used to seeing like cities with like buildings that are hundreds and hundreds of years old, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like the, 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 the uh, like cities, like you guys have, have like a thousand year old buildings and stuff like that, like way back in the day. We've never seen that kind of thing. It's entirely new to us in North America. It was uh, okay. It's like what? It's like walking through a movie set. You know, we when we see stuff like that, it's like a movie set at a Universal Studios, and it doesn't even <laughs> seem real to us. It's like this doesn't even seem real when I'm wa- walking around down there. But uh, yeah, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful country. Whereabouts in Sweden are you from? Uh, I'm from a little town called uh, Tierp. Tierp. It's like uh, one and a half. Uh, hour from uh, the capital Stockholm oh no kidding are you one and a half hours north or south uh, north north oh shit so you're yeah. way up north uh, no not so way up uh, even yeah. not even in the middle so oh, but, right. uh, okay. a bit up <laughs> okay because um, he was so we were close to I, I was in Malmo they live in Malmo my sister's husband yeah, and okay. um, and I think that's about like a half hour away from the venue Helsingborg and they were telling me it's a little different. Like, the hockey's way bigger in Upper Sweden. Is that right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's right. I, I think it's uh, a little bit bigger. Up. Yeah. It's, it's, where you're from, is hockey bigger than soccer or football? Uh, 
No, it feels like it's uh, it's uh, the same size. Is it? Okay. Yeah. When yeah. when all our kids, uh, we we play both hockey and uh, and football. Then. Like one in the winter, so, one in the summertime. In the summertime, it's football, and in the winter, it's yeah. hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, then uh, some guys get good in uh, hockey and some on football, and and then it splits when it's get older. Yeah. See, it's it's um in North America we have like this is another thing talking to people from Europe how like like basketball, American football, baseball. And I was talking to the Europeans, like, do you guys follow like basketball or American football, baseball? And they're like, nah, man. <laughs> no, man. Not at all. It's uh it's like soccer, what you guys call football in uh. hockey. Hockey's big over there, and that's something that's big over here, but like nowhere near as big over there. When you were a kid growing up, what sports were you into? Did you watch? Uh yeah, I was into both uh, hockey, football, and uh, some track and field. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, ended up in hockey. Yeah. And were you always so, like, were you always a bigger, stronger kid, or like, how bigger were you and strong were you growing up? Yeah, I was. I was the big and uh, strong guy in the hockey team. Were you? Uh, were you? Did they have like, were you the goon, or or <laughs> what? What was your role in hockey? Uh, yeah. I was uh, I was like uh, power forward, really? uh, yeah. hitting and stuff. Like a mad yeah. sending. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I was like uh, thirty kilos heavier than uh, all the other guys. So. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, yeah. Like when you were a teenager, how big were you? Uh, I weighed uh, eighty-five kilos in uh, eighth class or something. I think. In eighth grade. Yep. Holy smokes, man! And how tall are you? Uh, one seventy-eight. One seventy-eight. So how many how many inches is that? Do you know how many inches that is? No, but I can uh, I can check. Okay, <laughs> that's big though. That's a stocky eighth grader. Say so definitely close to six feet, wouldn't that be? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, five point out of ten. Yeah, something five, like ten. this. <laughs> Okay, yeah, five ten, almost five eleven. So you were you were in eighth grade, five ten, and for North Americans, uh, like a hundred and ninety some odd pounds, dude. You were a monster. Holy yeah, I think so. <laughs> you coming down the ice would have ruined people's day. Holy smokes. Yeah. Um. And so, so were you at the time? Were you just naturally big? Were you already weightlifting at the time, or? No, I was uh, not weightlifting. Uh, uh, when I uh, uh, get to the to the like uh, uh, the bigger team in uh, in Javla, uh, it's a other city. Uh, I was not uh, able to 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 be at the gym. My coach said uh, that I was uh, uh, I needed to run uh, instead. Ah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's. You know, it's interesting, in terms of, like, hockey training, um, for a little bit, I was helping, like, like strength training just in the gym for some hockey players here in Canada, and um, the mentality for some of the coaches, like, back in the day, they're old school. It's kind of old back-in-the-day mentality where you skate until you puke, you know, and yeah. you just run them. And if you lose a game, well, then that night you're skating until you puke. And it's like... <laughs> 
that's great for punishment, but in terms of getting better, you know, what we know about the nervous system, you just fry the nervous system. You know, you're not yes, getting I've... better like that. And, and some sports, they just don't, like, they're stuck in the past. They don't think about stuff like that. They're just, no, don't lift weights, make slow, unathletic. You know, it's all yeah. about heart and just grinding, right? And um, I think powerlifters now, we're so, like, on, like, with our sport powerlifting, so much of it is online in online coaching and we read so much on like research and latest studies and stuff that like we know so much more now in terms of properly conditioning you know and i think more sports now are a little different but yeah there was a time you know weightlifting they said don't weightlift no no i i uh, I think hockey is uh, they are still in um, many teams yeah it's just uh hard work and uh and that's it not yeah exactly and you show heart and you skate until you can't skate anymore. And they're frying exactly. themselves, you know? Exactly. It's um, right now, like when you're weightlifting now, do you use percentages in terms of deciding what weight you lift or do you use the RPE method? Uh, it's, uh, I use RPE, for, but in a different uh, scale. Yeah. Uh, a special scale that uh, made of my coach, uh, Stefan, okay. and uh, his coach, Anders. Uh, so it's like RP, but uh, we uh, we named it in another. You got yeah, it's no. another name. Yeah. yeah, 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 got you. You know, so RPE, it's interesting. So the reason how that came back in like, I mean, maybe the seventies range, there was athletes who did endurance athletes. Um, I think they were doing cycling, and these this one team started pulling ahead of everybody else. And basically, they're doing off of the heartbeats because everybody historically, kind of like the hockey coaches, the old school, you just go until you can't go. You go until like you, you give everything you got every day and, and it's just that old school mentality. And they start being like, what if we go only enough that we're like around 90, 80% stay there, come back yep. the next day, way fresher and keep logging. And they started mm. logging how much they could do and they realized... Over like two months, they would get far more kilometers um, logged in their training and their nervous system got far more kilometers logged so they were far fitter. So in the competitions, when they actually went all out and went 100%, they were just killing everybody. Um, So they decided, so they had started testing no more of this, well, how many kilometers did you do? In, in terms of training, well, that's how much everybody's going to do. No, no, no. It's not about how many kilometers. Kind of like it's not about how much weight you lift. It's yeah. they would test the heart rate and be like, it's effort. So they would yeah. do it by effort. So then that happened in cycling. And then everybody in cycling, once they realized, well, this is a sign because not everybody's the same. Because previously you'd be like, tell me how many kilometers a week I should do. And that's what I'll do. Yes. Then all of a sudden, long distance runners start doing it. Then all of a sudden, short distance runners started doing it. Then all of a sudden, weightlifters. And eventually, man, that was the 70s. Finally, like 2008 or 9, Mike DeSure yeah. was like, man, powerlifters got to start doing this. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, this is enough of this. And now here we are. And, um, and you know, you see how it's spread. And some sportsmen, and hockey's one of them, they just, yep. they're not there yet. You know, no, we, not, yeah. not at all. No, and it'd be, it'd be surprising. So when they brought me in uh, as a strength coach for the hockey, they were like shocked when I was asking questions like, 
um, how do you how do you decide managing the load that you lift? How do you decide like managing yeah. fatigue? They're like, you just you just fucking try hard. well i guess yeah it's like everybody's gonna try hard but uh yeah it's amazing so having said that um as a hockey player and being told to not lift weights how did you end up finding weightlifting uh the year after uh, that year i uh i changed team and uh, then i met uh, my uh coach now on the Sperrström uh, and uh, he uh, he said to me that uh, I can lift weight yeah uh, and it's uh, it's on that way it started so he was he was a hockey coach and he's still your powerlifting coach uh, yeah he was uh, he was the the lifting coach for the hockey team see this is what I was doing they brought in the powerlifting yeah, exactly. coach no shit wow lucky you so yeah. That's good, really yeah. good. And uh, he found me and uh, took care of me. And uh, uh, yeah, it's it's on that way. Yeah. And um, so once you started lifting, did he just straight up start? Did you start right off the bat like RPE? And um, did he just like totally teach you how to squat, bench, deadlift? Like, what did he have you lifting for hockey? Uh, yeah, we had a. Uh, that that summer was uh, specialized for hockey. Yeah, it was uh, very explosive and uh, uh, a lot of uh, bench. No, not not so much bench, but uh, squats and yeah. uh, and deadlifts and uh, some snatches. So. Yeah. But uh, the whole summer was for me just to to learn how to lift because yeah. I have never done it before. <laughs> and and how old were you at the time? Uh, I think I was like. 18 or 19 something like that oh and how old are you right now uh 23 so did you weight lift before 18 19 no never holy smokes man never what, what, when, no, you, no. when you that's crazy to be like that big and strong were you like naturally muscular yeah i, I was uh i was naturally muscular i i lived uh, on a farm yeah so oh. we we we're lifting a lot of things there. See, um, people say there's like farm boy strong. If you heard, yeah. I don't know if you say that in Sweden too. Yeah, I heard it. That's real. That's legit. They're like exactly. just throwing bales of hay and pulling things out of the mud and whatever farm boys do. Yeah. And like you got dudes get really big. Like you have um, you have siblings as well. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I have uh, one brother and one sister. And is your parents and, and siblings and family, are they all big, strong people? No, everyone is uh, runners. Really? <laughs> so that's uh, pretty weird. <laughs> it, yeah, so was it, so it was just you? Like not even yeah, uncles? Or... My, mom, my mom is uh, pretty strong and my sister is strong. Uh, but my father and brother, they are more like uh, 850 meters runners. Ah, well, and that's endurance as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, did they you, are really good. Yeah, and did you uh, like how how good are they in terms of how competitive in terms of running? Uh, my brother has, uh, I think, a, a Swedish uh, junior national gold. Oh. And uh, shit. my father and uh, his brothers have some uh, Swedish uh, national golds. Holy smokes, man! So they were. You come from. So they're all athletic, though. 
Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Is that um, – because the training for that, for the 1800, like did, did they initially have you try out for track to see if you liked it because that was kind of in the family? Yeah, I ran uh, a lot when I was younger and I still do it uh, uh, with my brother sometimes. And he, he's doing like uh, 500 meters into walls and I, I uh, go with him the last 100. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'll meet you at the 300 meter line. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We can race him to the end. That's it. That's it. How, how, how much does your brother weigh? Uh, like 70 kilos maybe okay. or something. So he's way smaller. Yeah, and uh, like 10 centimeters higher. Oh, damn. So he's yeah. very, he's skinny then. Yeah, pretty skinny. Yeah. Does he do weightlifting for his endurance track and field? Yeah, he started now for like six months ago. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's have been good for him. Yeah. It's, um... And that's another thing. I don't know if you do. You watch the Olympics often? Are you an Olympic? Yeah, fan? yeah. When yeah, I do. I do. When it comes around, so um, I don't know if you know. It's a British uh, runner. I don't know the distances. His name's Mo Farah. Yeah, I know him. You do know him, okay? Yeah, so exactly. small black dude, shaved head, yes. and um, he's really skinny, but he lifts weights. Like he squats, bench presses, deadlifts, mm-hmm. and he's super skinny. And initially, yeah. when he started running, when he started lifting, and he's like an endurance guy. Do you know? Is it ten thousand meters? Do you know the the distances? Yeah, he runs? I think uh, ten thousand, and um, maybe yeah, ten thousand is his special special. Yeah. Uh, and he has a couple. He's good. He, I think he's won a couple different, but he's like world champion, world record holder, Olympic champion. Yeah. He's really good. He's and, really really good. And he started doing weightlifting, and um, and people thought like that might slow him down. Because, like, the added muscle. And um, if you see him, like, he's not a muscular guy. So, <laughs> no, no like, not at all. Like, he's puny. For anyone listening, and you don't know Mo Farah, and I don't even know how to, like, uh, spell his name if you're going to Google him. But if you put in Mo Farah, Britain, endurance runner, you'll find him probably. Um, yep. Super skinny. But he said he was weightlifting, and people were, were like, are you worried to get too big? And he's like, man, he talks like we talk. He's like, your body has an engine, the nervous system. If my engine is revved up for more horsepower, it's better for me. And if my muscles are stronger, the ligaments are stronger, it's better for me. And they're like, are you worried you're going to get bigger? He's like, man, the weights that I lift, I'm not getting big. <laughs> you know? Like, you know? Like, nobody's going to start. It's the, I hate Talking to people for the, when they're talking about weightlifting. Like when I was training the hockey players and yeah. they were like, I don't want to get too big if I'm lifting weights. I'm like, my friend, you are not going to start lifting weights, wake up tomorrow and be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just not going to happen. If, if you're like a natural dude, how slow the muscle comes on, unless you're like predisposed to it, like you were always a big guy. If you're not That's- a big guy, you're not going to wait, lift weights and bam – looking like Norland from Sweden. You know what I mean? Like, it isn't going to happen. Um, so that's what he was saying. And Mo Farah said, it helps me propel myself down the track. You know, the muscle, the, the, the nervous system is conditioned. Yeah. I could shoot down the track. And he was running, and it was cool watching the Olympics uh, for, like, all these small dudes doing endurance lifting. And Mo Farah was running. Another uh, runner, 
nudged him and he fell, did like a somersault, hit the ground, was like rolling, <laughs> popped back up and kept running. And they were like, that's that powerlifting makes you tough. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that was good yeah. for us, right? But um, but yes, yeah, so like like weightlifting could like help. Like I think athletes, there was actually a article in Sports Illustrated and this is the Winter Olympics. And they asked all the strength conditioning coaches um, the three lifts that like the three exercises that all the they all do, and what's the most yeah. common for all the sports? Bench press, squat, and deadlift. Yeah, I was like, it. oh shit! <laughs> it's like the Winter Olympics like made the best powerlifter win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but I can anyway. try out uh, on the ten thousand meters uh, running That's, someday. Yeah, Maybe. right. <laughs> you show up like, oh yeah. damn, son. Oh no. <laughs> But, uh, but things are changing though. But, uh, but yeah, so it is like, I think there's, there's definitely something he said for body types, what you're good at, like for yourself, big guy. But if you're naturally smaller, you can lift weights with certain rep ranges, etc., and you won't blow up and get huge. But, uh, but yeah, it'll help everybody. But, um, so when you started lifting, did you start off right off the bat, like low bar squat and like, how was your technique, um, in terms of when you first started? Uh, my coach uh, said to me that it took me two years to learn how to squat. <laughs> <laughs> really? And he still say I'm uh, squatting uh, pretty bad. So uh, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> but it's getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. Is it just like were, were you just strong, just naturally strong? How bi- how much weight were you moving when you first started? I don't remember really how much it was that summer, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I was I was strong stronger than the other guys that yeah. have uh, actually been in the gym yeah. a lot. Yeah, you were. But I was lifting uh, lifting as shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that makes you know. I mean, I remember when I first started powerlifting and I started squatting. Um, like my balance was so bad, I had to have like you know a box squat where you sit down on the yeah. box. I had a box squat because I would like lose my balance <laughs> and they're like are you box squatting again that's all you do i'm like yeah man I'm, i was too embarrassed to say like shit man i'm gonna fall over if i don't and um i remember my coach telling me about like rock i was i'm big into like boxing and like the ufc and stuff and my coach yep. is and i was like discouraged and my coach is like you ever hear about rocky margiano he's like no man like i know who he is but like what do you mean and um, i was in my 20s when i first started powerlifting and Rocky Margiano didn't start boxing until he's already in his 20s. And he's like, Rocky Margiano first went into boxing and um, he would swing. And if he didn't hit you, he'd like fall right over and fall. And people like be laughing at him. And he's in his 20s. Yeah. And now Rocky Margiano <laughs> became like heavyweight champion of the world, undefeated, whatever. And he's like, hang in there, man. Keep your box. Bring your box to the squat rack. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. But uh, <laughs> I know what you mean where um, some people pick up the technique right off the bat and smooth and some people the strength is there but the technique's not and it's it's like a process you know yeah exactly that's that's my case yeah yeah it took me a very long time to to find it but yeah it's getting better and better well i guess i guess so right because you you just won the world championship um so when about so this is when you were like 18 19 what? What did you, you say? You, you were 18, 19 when you first started lifting then? Yeah, something like that. And when did you decide, um, shit, 
I'm, I think I should start powerlifting. Uh, it was in the same uh, time there. I did my first competition 2016. Okay. Uh, so uh, when I, I was like 20 then or something. Yeah. And, and how did you do initially in powerlifting? Uh, that competition. Yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, it was the the junior championships uh, nationals in Sweden. Oh, right off uh, the bat. Yeah, exactly. It was my first competition. Whoa, uh, man! Were you nervous? Uh, a little bit, but uh, I didn't know so much. I just uh, go there and lifting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how did you do? I think I did. Uh, 230 kilo in uh, squat. Okay, nice. 130 in bench and uh, 287.5 in uh, deadlift. And um, and you were 20 year old junior, 93 kilo. I think you were saying before. Yeah, exactly. I I uh, 93 kilo. So I met uh, Gustav Hedlund. Uh, oh, no uh, kidding. Oh, he was there too, competing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and and where did you end up ranking? Uh, I think uh, I, I was in the third place. Oh shit! You got a bronze like medal. Like twenty lifters or something. Oh, so did you expect to do that well? What? Did you think you would do that well and get a medal? Uh, no, I I didn't know that uh, it was so good. So yeah. after that, I I uh, understood that uh, it can be really good if I if yeah. I start uh, training more. After that, were you like, hey, fuck hockey? <laughs> I'm a power lifter. <laughs> no, not exactly, but uh, I I did uh, them both. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting if you go right into nationals, and Sweden's got a lot of good lifters. It, like like Sweden nationals is going to be tough. You got guys like Gustav Hedlund who just took a silver medal. He won the world championships before as a junior. Um, it's two things because it's so tough. If it's your first competition, there's no pressure. If you came oh, in, exactly. like, top 10, that's amazing. It's your first competition. Yep. Um, if you don't even do that great, it's your first competition. It's the Nationals. But if you yeah. do good, oh, my God. Like, boom goes the dynamite. You know, you, you <laughs> know you're a star already. Um, so it's, there's two things. But you could be, because you haven't done any competitions ahead of time, you might be a little nervous when you get there and you're like, holy smokes. This is big competition. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think I, uh, the nervous thing is uh, good because I have uh, competed a lot of other sports uh, when I was like hockey and football and track and field. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty used to competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was new for me, but uh, it was still, uh, still a competition. Yeah, and that's something that like hockey and football, like those sports teach you. Um, powerlifting, do you find in powerlifting, some people aren't used to losing? Like in hockey, you will never go a season without losing. Like you'll lose double digits. Like you'll lose exactly. a lot. So you're used to it. You're like, this is part of it. Where sometimes yep. I feel like powerlifters, because you only compete twice a year, maybe three times a year. They're not, yeah. if, if they don't do that, if they have a bad day, like you have a bad hockey game. Like, fuck, man. Yeah, that can happen every week, and you're still good. Yeah, it's two days to the next game. That's it. <laughs> Just you know, I think sometimes athletes from other sports, you were telling me this, Robbie, about because your previous sports, 
you get used to it. Like mentally, you're just used to this is part of sports. It's okay. If you have a bad day, hey, whatever. It is what it is. We come back. If other people didn't play other sports before powerlifting, they don't handle a bad day very well. Like they they take it and they're like, oh my God, what does this mean? Oh my God. Like, you know, um, do you think the other sports helped you in terms of realizing like if I train two months and I got stronger, the day of the competition, if I don't do well, it doesn't mean those two months are a waste. I'm better. You know, that day doesn't make yeah. or break everything. It's, it's a sample size of one out of 60 days. You know, it's a bad sample size, you know. So did, do you think those other sports helped you, like prep you in terms of like your powerlifting and in, in handling that pressure? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and... and uh, in terms of Gustav Hedlund, so that was, what year was that, 2016? Yeah, exactly. And in 2018, when uh, Gustav Hedlund, did you watch him when you won the 2018 World Championships in Calgary? Uh, I think uh, I didn't watch it live, uh, but uh, I watched it later, uh, the day after or something. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool to, to see him. Were you like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken... And I know I'm not. This is a loaded question, but uh, Gustav out-totaled everybody in the Open as a junior that year. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, were you guys? So, how big was it in Sweden to watch other Swedes do that well at the World Championship level? Uh, I think it's really big. I watch. Uh, I watch a lot uh, powerlifting when uh, when the world is. Uh, I think I can learn uh, a lot of that. Yeah. So for me, it's big. I don't know how, how big it is for others here in Sweden, but I think it's, it's pretty big among the powerlifters. Yeah. Is there, was there, when you got into powerlifting, was there anybody that you started watching and following on social media and paying attention to that, you know, you kind of looked up to like your favorite lifters? Uh, I don't uh, look so much on other lifters, but uh, Gustav uh, was one of them I started following uh, pretty early. And uh, then I saw a lot of others lifters too. Yeah. Do you do you uh, do you follow other people much on Instagram, or do you try to stay off it? And uh, now I follow uh, follow them. I yeah. think it's uh, it's more uh, good for me than than bad to to follow and uh, look at my uh, opponents. I think it's pretty fun to see them lift too. So really, so does it? Yeah. Do Do you watch them to know where you need to be? Or do you, and for like motivation, because some people, they don't want to know. They're like, man, that's going to get in my head and make me nervous. But it doesn't make you nervous to see them? No, it's more like uh, motivation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and who, um, who are some of the guys that you follow in the 105 kilo class? Uh, this year? Uh, or just uh, period, yeah. Who do you follow right now? Uh, I follow... Uh, uh, a lot of those uh, uh, open lifters uh, that uh, is gonna compete, uh, perhaps next year. Yeah. Uh, I follow uh, Christoph Virbic a lot and uh, uh, Ash now. After yeah. listening to him on uh, your podcast, yeah, for yeah, some weeks ago. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a 105. Uh, Rondell Hunt. Do you see? Yeah, uh, yeah, I follow yeah. him too. Yeah. Uh, there's man. You're in a tough weight class, my friend. Yeah, it's really <laughs> tough. Yeah. In a tough but that's weight. fun. That's fun. That's good. It's good yeah. because um, there are weight classes where 
there's not that many good guys and people don't care as much. They care, but not as much. When you're in a good deep weight class, everybody's watching. You know, everybody cares and wants to see it. Um, when Sweden was holding the world championships, when you found out Sweden's going to hold the world championships and you're like, oh shit, were you like, man, did you know, like in terms of being able to make the Swedish team, did you know you're going to make the Swedish team? And did your wheel start turning like, oh my God, I could win the world championships in Sweden. Was it yeah, the- when, uh, when I get, uh, had a, uh- uh, know that uh, it was going to be held in Sweden. I uh, set that as my uh, long time goal. Yeah. Uh, to be in Sweden and lift uh, lift on the World Championships. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know uh, that I was going to win, but uh, it was uh, a long goal. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Because in terms of like in terms of a dream for a lifter, winning the World Championships is huge. Winning, yeah, winning in your home nation when they're hosting is bonkers like all in terms of um, when, like i've done some commentary for the ipf for a few years now and yep. in sweden that hometown home country crowd my man when you guys really really good. it was was that not like when you guys hit the platform man it was it was like the whole place was was behind you it didn't yeah. matter <laughs> if the swedish lifter was 15th or the swedish lifter was fighting for gold everybody started cheering like they have there's a yeah. lot of support for the local t- it was good to see and when i got yes. a, like like did you feel that excitement as well when you're walking around the arena and watching uh yeah i didn't i didn't hear them so much when i'm lifting i go into my uh my own but uh when i was walking around and uh, looked at the other lifters i i feel it yeah and uh, that gave me some strength too i i think it was um like, I, I've done a few of these now, and when I got off the plane and I'm taking the bus, I was going by, like, bus stops, and you see posters of Isabella von Weisenberg. Yes. I was like, holy shit. And yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that was cool. And going to, like, the stadium, and there's a huge billboard, like, 20 feet tall. I don't, don't ask me how many meters, like, 10 meters tall. And there was, it was Isabella von Weisenberg. And it yeah. said IPF World Championships. I'm like, whoa, man, this was big. Was it? Um, did you when it came around to time? Like, it's one thing, like a year out, being like, oh, okay, it's going to be in Sweden, Helsingborg, that'll be fun, and you have these goals. When you got closer and closer, and you started realizing there's like posters up on all the on the, all the like bus stops. There's a billboard up. You know, local news is there. Um, yeah. And this is becoming a big deal. And your friends, did your friends and family all come down and watch as well? Yeah, yeah, all my friends and uh, family was was down and uh, watched me. So uh, that was uh, really nice to have them there. Did you, did at some point you start getting a little more nervous when it started coming time? And start being like, oh shit, this is getting big. Yeah, of course, a little bit. Uh, I was I was pretty sick uh, three days before uh, the competition too, oh, no. so that made me a little bit nervous. In uh, uh, what, like what, how how were you sick? Was it were you throwing up or just fever? Yeah, a little bit fever and uh, and just uh, laying on the on the hotel room and tried to eat something and uh, drink. And could you eat and drink or no? Yeah, I could. I could. Okay, and did when that started happening. 
like I've, everyone's been to these competitions when you're getting ready and um, you do all the things right. And then right before yeah. the competition, something happens. Like, yeah. If it's like you get sick, you get hurt, the water cut goes bad or whatever. And you're like, damn it, man, here it is. You know, you're just waiting for that to happen. When that happened yeah. to you and the championships were in Sweden, your family's there, friends are there, everybody's all excited because you're, you're, you're one of the Swedish lifters, high nomination. Um, were you like, oh, no. Or, or did you start doubting? Did you start getting worried? Uh, I, of course, uh, a little bit worried that uh, it was going to be uh, better than it was. Uh, but I didn't tell someone uh, instead of my coach. He, yeah. he, I, I talked to my coach and uh, he was, uh, he was uh, like, say that it's going to be well or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like Don't so, worry about it. So then I was pretty calm and not so nervous. Yeah, it's good. Um, and it's good you don't let it out the bag. Go on social media and be like, "Oh shit, I'm I'm sick." Everybody, so everybody knows, Because <laughs> right? yeah, I didn't. Yeah, think that's so. Because because there's a thing with powerlifting. Um, it's not just strength. There's also strategy. You yeah. know, that the strongest guy doesn't always win. I, we talk no. about it all the time in the commentary. You see people do bad attempt selection, or um, you know, when you have position to deadlift last, it's very good. You don't give that stuff up. Or if you can get a chip from a world record, you know, um, stuff like that. So there's, you never want anyone to know. It's like that old, uh, I think it's Sun Tzu, Art of War, that book where it's like, let them think you're strong when you're really weak, you know, or, or let them think you're yeah. weak when you're really strong <laughs> or, or whatever, right? That was something like that. Yeah. But um, so do, do you have to cut weight to make 105? Uh, no, I don't have to cut okay. weight. Uh, I'm starting to to uh, be that heavy that I I need to start uh, cut weight, but really? not uh, at the words. How how much do you weigh right now? I think I weighed like uh, 106 uh, this morning. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, one kilo. No, no, yeah. not at all. Have you ever cut? It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever cut any water weight before? Uh, I did uh, on my first competition. Oh no, you did! Yeah. <laughs> Most people say don't do it for the first one, but you did. Oh, right? I know. That's not a good, uh, <laughs> a good thing. Your your first competition was the nationals with like a world champion in there and Gustav Hedlund, and you cut weight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's that's a that's a tough. That trial, was my... when I realized that uh, I need to go in the one hundred five instead. <laughs> yeah. How much? How much water did you cut? Uh, not so much. I think uh, in uh, if it had been today, I didn't uh, had to cut any anything because okay. uh, it was I weighed in at ninety kilos. Oh, so okay. I was just uh, uh, yeah. I didn't have so much. Uh, I, I I we we have a friend who um, he lifts in the eighty three kilo class. Uh, Calf we he does some he does some co co hosting. He broke a world record in the IPF for 80, in the 83 kilo open, and um, he like when when a competition comes around, he's good, not nervous. And then the week before competition, everything just a <laughs> little too much information, but everything comes out of this kid. He can't <laughs> if he eats, it's coming out. Like he drops. He was um, he lifts an 83 kilo, and he walks around about 86 kilo, whatever. I'm like, okay, that's not a bad cut. And he'll weigh in at like 81 kilo. And I'm like, 
what the fuck happened, man? <laughs> like, what? He's like, I couldn't help it. Like, everything was coming out of me. Like, I just couldn't keep it on me. I'm like, dude, you, you got to relax, man. <laughs> like, this is yeah, it. Yeah. It to go up to 105 beforehand. Yeah, shit. Like yeah, exactly. But, dude, you could walk around 90 kilo and probably still make 83. Like, like holy smokes. But um, it affects everybody differently. He's way better now dealing with nervousness. But, yeah. um, yeah, th- these are the things that you kind of learn. That's why anybody who's, like, water cutting or whatever, I always say, like, Practice it before you go into competition to see how your body handles it. And then once you start competing, it's a whole nother different ball game once you get yeah, there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And don't, and don't do it uh, uh, on the first competitions you do. <laughs> Wait some years and uh, try, to be, try to be a stronger yeah. and better lifter yeah. instead. Usually, You can do your first competition like waiting 98 in the, in the 105 or something. Yeah. It's better than just to try it. Yeah, then it doesn't matter. You're not going to miss weight. Um, no, most people, when they first start anyways, aren't going to be competitive. So it doesn't matter. You won a bronze medal right off the bat. So that's different. You were yeah, built yeah, for this. Absolutely. But uh, most people, like, you know, it's not the case. But, uh, but yeah. So how many, when you did the world championships in Sweden, this last world, how many competitions had you done? Uh, it must have been like uh, I've done four junior uh, uh, nationals. Okay. Uh, one uh, national, uh, and like some uh, smaller competitions. So maybe uh, eight or nine competitions. And was this was the first time you had done a world championships, right? Yeah, it was the first time. So the first, so every man, you you got some tough firsts. So your first world championships was in Sweden with all yeah. your home and everybody around. Did, yeah. did you the night before and you knew you're about to wake up and everybody's there, is it tough for you to sleep? Were you feeling the pressure? Were you excited? Was it like, holy shit, this is about to happen? No, I, I sleep like a baby the day before competition. Really? really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why, but I sleep very good. The day before. Really? See, I can't, like, I'm used to it, but sleeping is tough, man. Okay. Like, sleeping, eating, I get nervousness. Um, mm. How about the day of when you showed up? What's it like? Uh, when you showed up to the arena and you look yep. out and there's, like, all the TVs. Like, if you're not used to it, like, at nationals and local competitions, it's one thing. When people, what people don't realize if they're listening, when you go to an IPF World Championships, we have a full-on TV crew. Like, the guys who do the IPF stream, they pay a TV crew the amount of cameras and lights and art. Yes. This, the setup they bring, world-class, my friend. Like, that's full-on. That's what they do as a profession. They're not just, well, you know, work for the IPF. When they're, on, they're not there for the IPF, they're filming television. Some of these guys are from the BBC and, like, like do, like, full-on yeah. other sports. Um, so when you go there and step on the platform, people are like, well, it's just, it's like any old competition, maybe, but if you ever stop, like if you, if you stop and you look into the crowd and there's bleachers full of people and you look onto, and that's just the IPF, there's like 10 different cameras, all the lights, and there's yeah. all this different media doing all their different video too. It's like, and then you see the commentators commentating, there he is. There's Sweden's own Norlin hitting the platform. It's like, 
oh shit. If you ever stop and like, maybe, maybe you don't stop to look. Did you ever stop for a second and look around and be like, oh, whoa, this is big? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I did. But uh, in some way, I, I love uh, when, it, uh, when it is like that. Yeah. Uh, I think I perform a lot better when, uh, when it's cameras and uh, uh, people in the crowd and so on. Yeah. It's uh, so. like for some people, were you going to say something? I was just going to say, maybe in those other sports, did you have some big competitions like this as well? Like in yeah. hockey or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some uh, some competitions in hockey was was this big, not not worlds, but uh, uh, much people and uh, cameras and so on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get and, more used uh, to it. Yeah, so I think uh, I think it's uh, it's from uh, from the hockey. Getting used to it. it's. Um, I mean, it can do two things to people. Some people get really nervous and. Um, nervousness isn't bad because adrenaline comes and you're going to lift more but if it's too nervous and you lose a lot of energy quickly like you could really lose a lot of energy when you're nervous um and then you become tired by the end of the day it's a long day you got to control your nervousness you got to control your excitement um so if you can if you're used to it and you're like i'll use it when i need it and yeah. if you were nervous my friend here's the thing when i was commentating Every time you hit the platform, you were like like drinking in the cheers like a thirsty man when they started <laughs> cheering for you. And you were like hyping them up and smiling at the crowd. And like if you were nervous, you didn't look nervous at all. And you could tell like, oh, shit, this is going to be a performance. You know? Yeah, as I said, I, I love it. And uh, I try to, to gain uh, energy from, uh, from it. Yeah. Uh, you, you came off to an early lead. And, um, and you were like, like you were definitely a favorite and, and a crowd favorite and doing really well. When you came into the deadlifts, this is where things got interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you hit your opener. Yes. And then after you came off your opener, what was the conversation you had? What happened there? Uh, it was uh, not so long conversation. Uh, my coach uh, just came to me and said that uh, if you do this lift, you you still be on the second place. So you can skip it if you want. And I just, yeah, I didn't need it. <laughs> so it was it was not uh, more than that. <laughs> it was. It's crazy because um, it's so so gutsy. It's like a big roll of the dice because you're kind of like. Um, like in when, when I'm commentating and I seen that in, and you don't come out for the second deadlift and you're yeah. in the lead, it's like, Oh shit. It's like in poker where they say you're going all in on your last deadlift. Like yeah. things happen with deadlifts, like technical things, a little yeah. bobble, whatever you have no safety at when you, when you say no second deadlift, you decided for anyone listening, you decided no second deadlift. We're going all in on the third. We're moving quick. We're moving fast, like you said, your coach said. Um, so let's just keep our strength, and we'll, we'll leave it all on the third deadlift. And you were going to pull for the win. And you either get it or you don't get it, but you were all in. And let's see what happens. Yeah. It, it, dude. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> it was, the thing is, for the hometown crowd, and for me commentating, we were like, holy smokes, this is a gutsy move. And the hometown crowd is like, 
oh, like when you don't come out and we don't we don't know the discussion you had with your coach. We don't know, is, is he hurt? Is he, who knows if the rumors start coming? I heard he was sick. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, you know, you don't know what happened. So uh, the discussion happening, you don't come out for your second deadlift, but we see you put in a third. So you are coming back out. And in terms of the hometown crowd and everybody watching, it's like, oh my God, well, let's find, we're about to find out. Did he feel something on his opener? Did it, was it a muscle cramp? Was it a, was he hurt? Is he sick? What's going on? <laughs> and when you come out for your last deadlift and here's the world championship in Sweden, everybody in the house is on their feet and we're like, oh, here we go. What were you thinking when you walked up there like this is all or nothing on this last deadlift? Uh, yeah, I don't really know what, what, what I was thinking, but I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, go out there and, uh, and have job? fun and, yeah. and lift it. Were you nervous? Did you feel the nervousness? Were you like, oh God, or were you just like, I got this, we're okay? Yeah, not really. I, I did, uh, uh, 350 like six weeks earlier on the, uh, junior nationals. Yeah. And. Um, that was pretty easy, so I knew in somehow that I I had it. It'd be there. And the the, the the squat and bench bench felt so good, uh, so I knew I was in good shape. And uh, uh, I was more nervous about uh, what the Russian guy was going to to do on his third deadlift. Yeah, did he pull after you? Yeah, he pulled after me. Okay, because he was in the he was in the lead uh, after the second. And did that make you, because there's like a, a change up, when he pulls into the lead like that, and it's all or nothing, so were you and the, the Swedish team like, oh my God, man, like, it's tough to decide when you don't have your second attempt, it's tough to yeah. decide your third attempt, because if you go too big and you miss, you, you fall way back, like that the Russians yeah. took the lead, but if you go too small... Well, then the Russian's like, well, I can do that. So you have to decide, and you don't have your second attempt to fall back on. So no, you, no. you really went all in. Like, you were... Yeah, like, I did. Uh, like, I just told my coach that, uh, set, uh, set something that uh, I can pull. Uh, yeah. And uh, then I didn't even know how much she, she, she was uh, hitting. And yeah. she's really good, so, so I think he, he had really good... Uh, uh, he he looked at uh, the Russian guy's uh, uh, third second uh, lift there and uh, decided. Uh, yeah, I decided. It's kind of like you were a boxer, and you're like, man, I'm just gonna let this guy win until the last round, and I'm gonna knock him out. Don't worry, we're good. But I'm gonna conserve <laughs> my energy. It's like, are you are you sure? Because if you don't knock him out in the last round, don't worry about it, man. We're good. It's it's gutsy. But um, I remember you doing that pull. And as soon as you got it to your knees, you started pulling and shaking your head. And the crowd's like, oh, it started cheering. And you were looking back and forth at the crowd, huge smile on your face. And it was like, bam, a star is born. Um, just like Gustav, the year before, you won the Junior yeah. World Championships with a total that would have won the Open World Championships. And um, it was basically a huge signal to everybody else who's in the 105s like before that if they didn't know yeah. who you were before they knew who you were now you know it's hard to fly That's under it. the radar there and uh it was, yeah. it was a moment like that was a moment 
What did it feel like when you hit that, knowing and you're shaking your head and everybody's cheering? You know, what was the feelings after that? Yeah, I was uh, really happy, of course. Yeah. But uh, then uh, after it, I started to be nervous the uh, for the first coming. time in the competition. Because yeah. uh, now it's uh, I have done what I I can, and now it's not uh, just a Russian guy. Yeah. Uh, and were you so then? So I, I went back and looked at the TV when he was uh, lifting. You're like, oh God, please, please let him miss. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you're like, that's where if he hit his last deadlift, you're like, damn it. I should have had five more kilo on that deadlift. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was smooth. I mean, you had, how many more kilo do you think you had on the deadlift? I don't really know, but uh, I did uh, I, a try at uh, 363, 800 pounds, two w- weeks later at uh, Sweden Nationals. Almost uh, had That it. Uh, slapped uh, uh, through my hands in the, in the top. But the I think top. I was in better shape at the uh, Worms. Yeah, because that was three weeks later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it, uh, like you almost had that 800. So you... Yeah. It, it, that's where your gamble was so tough because if the Russian hit that and you just needed like five more kilo, you'd be like, shit, man, I had five more kilo. Like that's <laughs> tough, right? All's well. Yeah, really well. Tough, really it's tough. an amazing story. Um, but yeah, that... So your, your competition three weeks later... Not only winning the junior world championships and having a total that would have won the open makes everybody look at you, and you did yep. it in Sweden, so everybody's looking at you. But three weeks later, that performance you put on, and you almost had 800, 800 pounds, 363 kilo, and, um, and you, you had just competed, so you weren't in top shape. Now, every, now everybody's no. watching, you know, everybody knows who you are now. Um, do you feel like, are things a little different now that, that since you won the world championships? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, uh, I'm here and talking with you. That's for starters. uh, That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You got my attention. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, and it's, uh, it's a lot of more uh, people, uh, uh, writing to me on Instagram and, uh, asking stuff. And so, so it's, uh, it's fun. Is, have you got on Instagram, all of a sudden, some follows from people. You're like, oh, you, you following me now? Like, yeah, com- yeah, com- competitors? Yeah? Who is yeah, it? so uh, like Ash uh, put in, I, uh, I follow here for... <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> you see? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, guys like Ashton's like, oh, hold up. I better start following this kid. <laughs> What's yeah. going on in Sweden? You're like, okay, yeah, okay. Is it... Does it make it easier? Because we kind of talked about earlier, like when you show up um, and there's bigger name people there, they take all the pressure because everyone's expecting stuff. Like your first, when you went to the nationals, your first competition, not as much pressure because no one knew who you were or whatever. Is it a little different now? Because you're about to go into the open. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's my last junior year. And is it different now that you're a world champion Everybody knows who you are. Does it feel a little more pressure now, or are you still, are you still like, man, I just you keep focused and you're not paying attention to any of that? Uh, right now, I don't uh, pay any attention, but uh, I didn't, I don't know how it's going to be uh, uh, last, uh, next words or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then, uh, then uh, it's uh, even bigger names uh, probably ending oh, up. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah. uh, it's. I'm still uh, hitting from the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's funny. Like you and Gustav, you have parallels. Um, he's just like one year sooner, but you're on the same path. Like when Gustav yeah. won in Calgary as a junior, and he outtotaled everybody in the Open. Everybody took notice, and he became a star. So when he went into the Open, everybody's like, oh, we better pay attention. I remember I had him on the show with all the other stars, and then um, I saw him backstage. And I love Gustav. He's a nice guy, humble dude. I saw him backstage before the Open, and he was like, he couldn't stop moving. He was kicking his legs (laughs) like like, like he's a soccer player, football player. He was like, I don't know, man. I feel a little nervous. He's like, I don't know. I feel a little nervous. Because it was the open, and all yeah, like the, exactly. the it's big, another thing. It's another thing, and all the big name people were there, and he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna do the best I can do. Whatever happens, happens. I'll do the best I could do. He kept saying that, right? I didn't say I was gonna, you know, what medal I was gonna take. Do the best I could do. Yeah. And then obviously, when silver medal does amazing, in like in really the uh, yeah in the '93s, which was the most competitive class for the men's in that year, was the '93 kilo class. In the open, and um, yeah. to win a silver medal in the most competitive class in the open, I mean that's just in the home country, Gustav. Yeah, it's amazing. really really good. Yeah, it, it's really really good. Yeah. So the parallels are close because looking next year, I think yeah. the most competitive class in powerlifting is probably going to be the 105s. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> you know? it. looks like you and Gustav yeah. are like. He's like the big brother who's one year before, <laughs> and you're like the guy right afterwards. Um, do you feel like, do you ever talk to him about it and be like, man, and ask advice or anything like that? Not uh, that. I have uh, been on the same camps uh, uh, sometimes, and uh, I visit Stockholm and uh, train uh, with him and uh, Alex Eriksson yep. uh, sometime too, but uh, I don't... Uh, talk to him about uh, just that thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's something that you guys do in Sweden, not other nations do. Your government, you guys have powerlifting camps. Yeah, exactly. Everybody For the juniors. Yeah. We, that, that, a lot of nations don't do that. So will they fly all you guys in to train together? Yeah, yep. And that's amazing, man. Like you will get really? so much better that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have... Uh... Yeah, we, we are there in uh, three days and uh, train, uh, eat and sleep and uh, do funny stuff, uh, not only lifting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just hang out. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's uh, really important too, I think. Yeah, yeah. In, in, um, like, because I, I think that's part of the reason why Team Sweden's so strong. Like, you guys have a lot of stars, obviously. Uh, uh, Eric, as well as uh, uh, Gustav, uh, Eddie Berglin. Isabella von Weisenberg, yourself, like there's so many. Um, yeah. And your guys, is it just the juniors you guys do that to, or do you do that with the Open as well? No, it's just uh, juniors for now. Um, but uh, I hope uh, they're going to put up a, uh, for the a open, open team too. Yeah, because when you exchange information, it's not even just, um, like information's good. The little things, like if someone's watching you squat and they're like, Hey, listen, Norlin, if you want to do this, that, or whatever, it helps, right? Or you just talk about, 
peaking, numbers, percentages, whatever, attempt selection. But not only that, um, when you go into a world championships, like you're going to go into Minx Belarus. Yeah. My man, it is so different than Sweden. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, It's so different than Sweden. Um, it's intimidating when nobody speaks the language, you know, no one speaks Swedish, no one speaks English. Um, you're reading, you're reading labels and you don't know what you're even reading when you're trying to eat something or whatever. (laughs) Um, they have like, you know, it's, it's all right, but they'll have tanks driving down the middle of the street. Sometimes it feels like they have, they have shopping malls, they have restaurants. It's okay. But you'll see guys in military walking around. You know, like it's different. You know, it feels different. When you go through, like they tell you, have your papers on you. You know, like your yeah. visa, you have to have a visa. And like like getting in is different. So yeah. when you have these camps and you, you meet other people in Team Sweden, when you show up and you know each other, like you said, you're not just lifting, you're hanging out. You're joking yeah. around, you're, you're developing like friendships. When you show up, you're together. You know, exactly. like it feels different. Like it's like uh, you, if you're going to go, like you're at school, if somebody, if you're hanging out with your pack, your clique, you feel more confident. When you show up, it's a big difference when you're like together or if you don't know anybody else on the national team, you live separate, you show up in this country and you're like, fuck, man, I don't, man, it's kind of intimidating. You know, it's a, it makes a difference for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's more yeah. like... Uh... I, uh, when I started powerlifting, I think that uh, it was a one-man show and one-man sport, but yeah. uh, it feels more and more like uh, playing in the hockey team. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are a team, and uh, that's, uh, that's fun. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you're away a lot of days, and uh, uh, it's good to have someone to talk with and eat with and uh, yeah. so on. And they know, and those people know exactly what you're going through. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. They know everything you're feeling, whatever. So it's different. Like, if you're hanging around people who don't know, if it's a one-man sport, and, and when you first start on the regional level, it kind of is sometimes. You're not part of a team necessarily. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. It might be just you and your coach, um, yeah. or, or if you even have a coach. So when you're hanging out with your friends and they don't know, they're like, like before the competition, they'll be like, are, are you nervous? You're like, man, I don't want to talk about that. Like, I don't, how scared are you? Are you really scared right now? It's like, yeah, man. Like, you know, like, I don't want to talk about that. But um, even if you're around powerlifters on a team, even if they don't, like, uh, even if they're not telling you what to do, they get it. They understand what you're doing. And it's the little things, right? If they're like, you should yeah. start warming up right now. You should make sure, or they see, make sure you're eating. Have you eaten? Like, make sure you're eating throughout. They know, right? They're just helping you along low key. Yep, yep, absolutely. You know, it's... And like, uh, it was, uh, we have the, the coaches that uh, were uh, at uh, the Words. Uh, yeah. They're also uh, on those camps. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that's really good too. Yeah. They can see us uh, train and uh, get a picture of uh, how strong we are, and uh, yeah. we can talk a little bit uh, about goals and so on. So yeah, uh, that's that's also very good. It's way easier to know if they're watching, for instance, your deadlift opener, and they know like yeah. you have a lot more, and they know where they should put you for your third attempt. If they don't know yep. you, 
They're like, I don't know. If you didn't post on Instagram, what do they know? Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. And, and uh, then also the the, the uh, just uh, how how we talk to each other and uh, get to know the coach. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I have one coach that uh, programming my uh, my training and one coach that uh, that is on the on the platform and uh, helps me. Yeah, there. yeah. It's di- yeah, so, it's different people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it is. Um, it also not everybody's the same. Like some people too. Uh, like for me, when I go out there, the Canadian coach is like, "What do you want before you go out there?" I'm like, "Man, you like for the opener, nothing." I don't. I want to stay calm because I don't want to waste all my energy. But by the time we get the thirds, man, you like yell at me, smack me in the back, and like <laughs> I'm like ah, right? Like I got to get juiced up. For some people, they're like, like if you did that, they'd be like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. It's like take it easy. You don't got to do that. Um, but you you don't know if you're a coach, you can't treat everybody the same. No, because no. people aren't all the same. And um, with these camps, you get to know people a whole lot more. Oh, okay, Emil wants it this way. Gustav yeah. wants it that way. And you start understanding that kind of situation. And you're more comfortable. So when you go to Belarus or you go to like wherever where it's way different, when you see a friendly face and it's like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, see you again. Way easier. Yeah. You're more comfortable. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think, in terms of going into the next World Championships, who do you think are, are the biggest threats, the biggest contenders that you're looking at? Uh, it depends a little bit uh, who shows up, but I think uh, Huntel and uh, Ash is going to, be, uh, uh, going to be really good. Yeah. And if Christoph is uh, on the game, he's also going to, to fight. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's gonna be a really funny one o five. It's um, yeah, that's the tough thing with the one o fives. You have so many world champions now in the one o fives. Like Eli Burks just won. Yeah, yeah. You just won. Rondell Hunt won the juniors the year before. Um, Christoph Verzbecki, I'm probably butchering his name, but he's won. Um, yeah. If Bryce Lewis from the U.S. is coming back. He's won yeah, the world championships. Cool. That's five world champions. Okay? Like, that's, that's insane. And then Ashton, who is a freak. Yeah. Uh, uh, the absolutely. guy's not human. He, he's part of the X-Men, you know, or the Avengers. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on. So you have, like, like that's going to be the... If all those guys show up, and from, from the U.S., they could send two. And yeah. the U.S. could probably... And the U.S., like, of those guys could send five... And they'd be all, yeah. like, could all win. Who knows, <laughs> right? So yeah, it's, it's the best weight. 105s next year, if everybody can show up, is the best weight class. And I can't wait. Um, no, it's going to be so funny. It, dude, it's... If, I think it's, we, I think it's go, going to need... Uh, yeah, probably it can be like three or four lifters uh, that uh, put up a world uh, total record. Easy. Easily. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's uh, that's sick. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, it's gonna be the best battle. Like literally, anybody could win. You like I say that sometimes on the on the live stream. You're like, hey, look at anybody could win. Let's see what happens. But in the back of your mind, you kind of know. You know, you're like, yeah. ah, I kind of know. Like I knew Heather Connor was probably gonna win. You know, the 47 kilo women's. But you're like, ah, oh, well, let's see. You know, like it's sports. Yeah. You gotta see for the 105 men. 
my friend. Uh, like anybody in the top seven could win this. It, it's that. <laughs> it's that good. Um, yeah, it's it's also like uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of months left to the so so many things can happen yeah. before that uh, yeah. also. Yeah, in in some people, even though there's a lot of people who could show up, there's some people who drop out, some people who don't Actually. show. Like like Rizbecki didn't show up for this year. Yeah. Who knows, right? So we don't want to get too excited. But when the uh, nominations are up, I yeah. have I have to have that podcast and have all you guys <laughs> on there. Uh, like I did for the '93s, because man, that's that's by far the best one. Um, who do you think? Like, is there a guy that you think is the number one seed that you're most worried about, or is it too close? You're like, man, it's it's too close. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's too close. As I said, it's it's a lot of month left. Uh, yeah. We didn't know what is going to happen, the injuries and and uh, so on. But no, I can't uh, really answer on yeah. that. What? What do you think um, would be the winning performance? Like, do you think we're going to get into like 900 kilo range? Like, how crazy do you think it's going to be by the time we get there? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be 900 plus uh, for a lot of lifters. A lot of lifters? It feels like that. Yeah, yeah, I I think that. Do you think the whole podium could be 900 plus? Yeah, I don't think that's... uh, That's insane. That's great. And I believe you. Because um, all of you guys are capable, but uh, but yeah, it's that that's an insane. Uh, and what do you? Think? Yeah, I think I think absolutely you need to do more than nine hundred to win. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, yeah, that be yeah. Uh, that that by by far probably that's like, and that just goes to show how crazy that weight class is because that's we haven't seen that one guy, let alone the whole podium. I mean, that's <laughs> insane to think about. Uh, but we'll see when we get there. When all is said, like, are you visioning? Are your goals, man? I want to win this. Or are you? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. You can't, you can't go there. Uh, you can't go there without uh, that goal. I that's think. Right. That's right. That's, then you always you already have uh, lost the thing. That's right. So absolutely, it's my goal to win. Let's but it's going to be hard. Yeah. Well, I, I know mean, that. if if the trend continues with you and Gustav. You're going to do all right. Because he was yeah. in a shark tank and he still walked away all right. Like he was on the podium, whatever, right? Like I'm not – like you could you could easily take gold, silver, whatever. Um, but you guys, like if the trend continues, man, he's right in there. Um, and in terms of everybody we always have on the show, because we're over, we're over like an hour, 10 minutes right now. Yeah. I always ask the same question, okay? And I know you're young and you're just getting into the open. But when all is said and done, and you look back on your career, and you're an old man. Yeah. <laughs> how do you want to be remembered? Uh, I think I want to be remembered as a uh, uh, happy guy that uh, loves to lift. <laughs> Done. I think you did yeah. that, my man. <laughs> yeah, I love lifting, and uh, I yeah. think uh, that is and, how I will be remembered. And. An open world champion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There you go. You. Um, and a 400 kilo deadlifter. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, 363 moved well, you know, and you're young too. You know, it's definitely, it's definitely in there. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold, do you do coaching? Uh, a little bit. I just started with some of my friends here in Tierp. Okay. Uh, 
but I'm gonna gonna take it, uh, make it bigger uh, when I when I have some more uh, more, more in my uh, bag. Um, well, let me help you out. If somebody wants coaching from a world champion and yeah. a future open world champion and a future 400 kilo deadlifter, how do they contact you? Uh, it's easiest on uh, Instagram. Okay. Empanoling uh, is my name there. Okay. Can you spell so that I, for anybody just so they know? Uh, yeah. E M P P A N O R L E N G. There you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, to shoot you a message on uh, Instagram and 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 get it going. And, um, and if you want to follow, and anybody who's listening who wants to follow this guy, I mean, you're killing it in the gym. And um, even in the local competitions when you were smashing those big numbers, it's worthwhile. Is there anybody you want to thank before we let you go, sir? Uh, a big thank to my, uh, to my coaches, uh, Anders and Stefan, uh, and also my uh, training, uh, training friends here in Tier and yeah. my family. And your they have done much for me. And, and any girlfriend that you got to thank? No, no girlfriends. Oh, my, no girlfriends. I like how you put a plural. <laughs> Girlfriends. <laughs> Girlfriend. You, you, you probably don't have a problem with the ladies, my man. But uh, all right. Thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. Um, keep in touch. For anybody listening, make sure you give this guy a follow. If you want a world-class coach, give him a message. And uh, my man, we will talk soon. Um, are you going to be at the European Championships? Yep. Uh, that's my plan. We'll keep our eyes out. We're going to do a preview show. Maybe we'll have you on before the European Championships. We will definitely have you on before the World Championships. Um, stay oh. healthy, my man, because that is going to be a phenomenal showdown. Yeah. Good job, my man. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Might get a few DMs after that. Yeah, yo, yo, he gonna get some DMs. No girl, I like, I love how he goes. No girlfriends, because <laughs> it's gonna be plural right now. Those, no, no, no sense even saying one. My man, how the shit is he single when he's jacked up like a motherfucker? When he was lifting, I swear to God, everybody in the house was on their feet, and, and he's like a good-looking kid, jacked and ripped. And if your girl was in that place, watch your girl. Okay, if she's like, I got to go to the washroom and be like, can I walk you there? Because the washroom's real close to the warm-up room backstage. Okay, I'm going to walk you there. Man, fuck that. I know where you're going, all right? If she's like, I'm going to get a picture with him. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do, okay? But uh, let me go through your DMs and everything afterwards. Oh, yeah. uh, He's got the handle out there and everything. You know, yeah. and he'll make, you feel, he'll make you feel funny about yourself, too, if you're not entirely sure about yourself. Okay, I'm a, I'm a married man, Robbie, but, I, you, know, I get, you know, I get a little weird about, you know? Get some weird feelings. That's how good-looking a man this guy is. Uh, they're going to have posters of this guy and billboards of this guy pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Like maybe next to Isabella. Ah, man, he might bump Isabella off that poster, okay, with that million dollar smile. But um, but anyways, now man, his his uh world title win at the world championships was freaking. It was one of those when they said like first off it was in Sweden and the crowd was going nuts. They were literally eating this guy up, and um and I know a heck of a lot about him before, but obviously like as a as a story of it's kind sometimes it's kind of cool when you don't know too much about people lifting in front of you because usually I know quite a bit you see him around 
And um, he hadn't done the international stage yet, so I hadn't. And um, it's like watching the story unfold in front of you. So you're that sometimes is just as cool as when you already know a big showdown coming. Well, this guy, he's probably from a small town, right? You said he was a farm boy. Exactly. And his Instagram, he wasn't posting a shitload. Uh, He's posting more now. But leading into the worlds, if you look at it, you you doesn't you wouldn't know you wouldn't see him coming you see the nominations but you don't know what someone's capable of like that oh yeah and um I've heard in powerlifting too like you don't see these people I, like you said people that don't post things on Instagram and they're like bam how you like me now yeah yeah, I, yeah I'm here now and yeah. you're like where the hell did this guy come from <laughs> um yeah man and uh he so he he the story was unfolding in front of you. And because he was the hometown kid, whenever you see a hometown guy come out there, a hometown girl come out there, or sorry, not hometown, home nation, but you get what I'm saying, you want them to do well because the crowd is loving it and they're so behind him and it's it's always good. And when they live up and you see this guy who looks like star quality, he looks like the leading man. You understand? If me and him are in the movie, I'm his fucking sidekick and I know it. Okay, I'm fighting for screen time. You understand what I'm saying, Robbie? I'm driving him around. He's in the backseat telling me where to go. You got me? Okay. He's the guy. He's the fucking superhero on the field. I'm the guy in the computer uh, six stories up telling him, all right, you want to go down this alley and the bad guy's on your tail and he's doing all the work. You understand what I'm saying, Robbie? He's the guy wearing the suit or something like that. He's wearing the suit, goddammit. Okay. He's got the guns wearing the suit. I'm behind the laptop trying to tell him where to go and watch out for him. We're getting him ready. And if I die in the third act, well, well. You know, nobody's shedding a tear. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to avenge you. We're going we're gonna to get these boys. In a few movies, like, later, when they'll remember, like, oh, yeah, Ryan was in that first movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, or, or more like, yeah, after the fact, oh, oh, yeah, you were in that movie, weren't you? Oh, yeah. And there's one or two scenes when I'm like, hey, man, you know, I, I think we're close. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, I'll see you when I see you. And he goes off, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? Like, my character's more into his character than he is into me. Um, again, again, slight gay undertones, but anyways. Um, so, no, but, man, he was killing it. And as it's, like, he, he lived up, and um, the way that it concluded, it could have been, when it's a walkaway win, still good when it's hometown guy, a star is born, everyone loves that. But when it's, the way they concluded in the deadlifts, hit the opener, Bach at a second, and all of a sudden the Russian hits his second, and it's like, my friend, you just went from number one to number two, and if you don't hit this third, you know, or God knows what the Russian's going to, or let's say you do hit your third. Let's say you do, but now the Russian knows exactly what he needs to win. You know, it's just dicey, and you're like, oh, fuck, I should have picked a little heavier for my third. I should have picked... Or if you go too heavy for the third because you know you don't have a second and you are all in and you have to pull enough to win. So you load the bar just a little too heavy for your third and miss. Well, now you only got your opener and not your second. It was such a gutsy move. Oh, yeah. That's definitely the exciting thing about powerlifting is you never know. Like, uh, Dude, I've, I've seen stronger guys lose to guys who are less strong and women. Like you were saying, the attempt selection is key. 100%. And it made it, uh, I mean, the way he hit it, and he was smiling, nodding, like we were never in doubt. You know, like he had that. If he was nervous, he didn't show it. Um, man, it was just made the show so much better. And the crowd absolutely loved this kid. Like something out of a movie there. It was, man. It was, man. And, um, and yeah, it, it's what, I mean, it is early. Way early to be looking ahead. But anybody, listen, if you're listening, I know the Americans get a lot of push and they should. Look how many, they got... 
how many freaking world champions, any one of them can win worlds. And now Ashton Ruska just moved up. Um, they deserve the push they get. But if you don't know about this kid, like he had 800 pounds, 363 kilo, just that lockup. This is three weeks after the world championship. He did a full peak and said, let me just try this other meat. And my friend, he's capable. He's capable of deadlifting well into the 800s. He's capable, like, yes, he could win. If he wasn't on your radar, wake up. Wake up. Because he'll be pulling on you for third deads with that smile on his face. And let me t- he'll take your gold and he'll take your girl. Okay, God damn it. He'll take your fucking gold. He'll take your girl. He'll take your pride. Be careful with this kid, man. You know, he's not to be trifled with. I'm keeping my girlfriend at home. If we keep, ever go to the world. Keep your girl at home. And it'll make you, and can I say something? It'll make you feel funny about yourself. Okay? It'll make you, make you question yourself. All right? So come correct on all different type of levels, man. Because he ain't playing. He ain't playing. And, and Team Sweden, man, they, they are absolutely murdering it lately. Um, they got a lot of stars coming out there. I really like that program that he said that they have. They, they actually go to camps and they make it more about a team sport. I think that that's something that we could take over here a little bit more. Yeah, because well, if you go in there as an individual, you, you know, that's cool when you're at home with your boys and your girls and you're, you're, you're with your team. When you fly to the other side of the world and your squad isn't there, and, and, you know, your, your, your family, friends aren't there and you're with team, your team nation, whatever you're from, but you're not boys. Those aren't your boys. Those aren't your girls. Those aren't, you're not friends, friends. You're not, you will never yeah. feel more isolated and lonely. Let me tell you, yeah. walk into a place that everybody is looking at you like the fuck are you all about? You know, <laughs> like you look different, you feel different, you talk different, you walk different, you're standing out and they don't respect how you carry yourself. That's not how we carry ourselves around here. And all of a sudden, you're going to be feeling a whole, man, it's different. It is. It yeah. makes, and that's just the psychological aspect of what the team could build, let alone just exchanging information, sitting down, exchanging info. And I mean, and these are all world-class people. Yeah. It's big. Oh, yeah, especially on the world stage too. Like you're there with your country, but you're from all over. Like here we got people from BC, but you might've seen them on Instagram, but you yeah. might've never actually met them face to face and then yeah yeah and then yeah exactly if you're going on national team yeah uh like if anyone's listening canada man it's a huge there are some big countries if you're from the other side of canada man you are time zones away i will never see you in real life where you know (laughs) like most countries are like that some countries in 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 europe they're a little tighter it's it's a it's a car ride away but u.s canada Russia, whatever, like England, like there's these some big nations, uh, or it's not even Team England, it's Great Britain. You may never see each other. So these camps, in terms of exchanging information, in terms of the coaches getting to know you and prepping you and getting you ready. So you know, Robbie's, he seems nervous, but I know he's, he's good. Hold on one second here. Someone's knocking on my door. Anyway, sorry, I just had uh, somebody knocking on my door about my fucking gas. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, Team Sweden's killing. I think more nations need to get on that. But Sweden is a very left-sided country. So the government will get involved and help pitch in and help fly people from the other side of the country for these camps, hold you up for three days, feed you, have you have the training and you have paid coaches. And, you know, some of these European nations, I found out you get paid to be a coach by the government. You get paid money. So if you become a coach and you also lift, you're a professional powerlifter. Yeah. Good luck beating so they, those guys. Yeah, so you, well, that's their job. 
Yeah, you got to watch out for those guys then. I mean, I mean how much of an advantage Sweden. is it when, like, I don't have an eight-hour day. I just, like, kill it in the gym. And my life is, I'm just training people, transferring information. I mean, yeah, you're going to get a hell of a lot better. But, uh, but anyways, hell of, a, hell of an episode. Glad to have them on. Love having people from all over the world so people get a dose of what powerlifting is like around the world. And people from different nations who may not be as big on social media get some shine because a guy like Emil Norland deserves it. So give this guy a listen. And by all means, please throw this up in, in your Instagram stories. Give us high ratings on whatever platform you're listening to. Tell your friends about it because these guys deserve this shine from Six Pack Lapidat. Robbie Little. Till next time. Peace.